Welcome to the Events Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor, and each week I talk with event professionals and entrepreneurs about how they plan, promote, and run their events. We help you build your events empire by growing your business using live events. Whether you're running community meetups or conferences, trade shows, and other events, we focus on finding actionable tips that you can use straight away. We want you to get more attendees, produce epic events, make more money, and most importantly, to do it all with no stress. This podcast is sponsored by EventsFrame. Check it out over at eventsframe.com. Make the switch from Eventbrite today to our amazing ticketing and registration system with no ticket fees. Most ticketing systems charge you a minimum of 3% of the ticket price, but we just have a flat, low fee with no ticket fees and no restrictions. There's literally no system out there that is cheaper than EventsFrame. It's also super easy to use and you can embed your tickets in your website or you can use our own website builder, which is really simple. We have amazing options to apply all kinds of discounts on all the features you'd expect from a much more expensive system like QR code check-in. Go to eventsframe.com, that's E-V-E-N-T-S-F-R-A-M-E.com for a free, no-risk, one-month trial. Hello and welcome to the events podcast. It's Thursday the 11th of October and I'm coming to you from our offices in Prague. Today I had the pleasure to talk to Stuart Jones who came on the line from Melbourne, Australia. Stuart runs some really interesting events. The first one is co-workation, lifestyle retreats. So he rents a house in a cool place in Bali or Barcelona Uh, and has a retreat for anything from a week to a month with entrepreneurs where they do a lot of cool adventures, but also work on their businesses. And in addition, the really impressive thing about Stuart is he started a new conference this year called Freedom X-Fest, which was run in a remote village in the Pyrenees. And from never having run this conference before, he got over 400 attendees, and it was a six-day conference. So that's really a huge undertaking, and we get into how he managed to do that, how he built his Facebook community, and really ran an epic event uh, in the first year. Stuart's had a lot of adventures. He came to Spain, and he started off running a pop-up youth hostel in his apartment. He ran tours to Oktoberfest. Really cool, interesting guy. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Remember, the podcast is sponsored by EventsFrame. That's the company I'm involved in. We are ticketing and attendee management, so think Eventbrite, but without the ticket fees. It's a really great product. Please, please, if you're interested to try it, just email me, dan at eventsframe.com, D-A-N at eventsframe.com. I'll give you a special podcast discount if you put podcast in the, in the title. Um, no ticket fees creates great websites, or you can embed the tickets in your own site. We've got QR code check-in. We've got amazing discounts, really cool landing pages. So give it a go. And that's it for today. Hope you enjoy the interview. And here's Stuart. Hello, and welcome to the events podcast. I'm delighted to be here today with Stuart Jones from coworkation.com. How are you doing, Stuart? Yeah, great, Dan. Uh, great to be chatting with you, mate. Yeah, you too. We were just chatting. Uh, I'm I'm in Prague today. Stuart's in Melbourne, Australia, where where I spent a, a year. I actually know to call it Melbourne because English people normally call it Melbourne, and it's actually Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the Spanish when I was in Barcelona would call it Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Stuart's been on my radar for a while because he runs a bunch of events, um, co-location, which are kind of like retreats for for digital nomads and location independent entrepreneurs and 
and Freedom X Fest, which I know is being rebranded, uh, and that's kind of a conference event, which looked like it was really cool in, in, uh, in, in Spain recently. And so we, we were both on a couple of podcasts. There was a Freedom Loving podcast with Kevin Koskela, which we, we were both on, and that's where I first heard you. And then Chris Reynolds' podcast, The, the Business Method, which you, you were on and I was on as well. So we've kind of crossed, <laughs> crossed podcast paths, and so I really wanted to get you, get you on to talk about your events. Yeah, uh, thanks for inviting me on, mate. And um, no, really, if I can um, sort of uh, help out with anything with regards to events, then I mean, I guess it's been part of my life uh, for the past 15 to 20 years, creating events. Uh, that's sort of like all I've done, really, with my careers. So yeah, That's cool. Well, well, can you give us a bit of background, just people who don't know you? Like, how did you get into the entrepreneurial space? Obviously, you're from Australia, what, uh, and you've spent time in Europe. And what was your, yeah. what was your background that led you to, to, to be an entrepreneur? I ran out of money. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I, I was back. <laughs> yes, I was forced into it. Really, like I was. Well, I was uh, backpacking, and I'd been on the road for a couple of years. I got to Spain on the west coast of Spain, San Sebastian, beautiful beachside town. It was pretty much all out of money. I thought, geez, okay, I've got to do something here. And um, I, I had a working visa for the UK, um, and it's pretty common for Aussies, as you might know, to go across to yeah. London and pour beers in I, a pub. And that I was the, the same thing. Australia, actually, that's pretty much what. Right, yeah, 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 exactly. Yes, that was the plan. But then I thought it didn't really excite me to go and do that. I, I, you know, I like to have a beer, but to be pouring beers in a pub in London didn't really sort of thrill me. So. I was in San Sebastian and thought, oh, what can I do? What can I do? And I had a friend there that met on a previous backpacking trip a couple of years ago that ran pensions, like um, uh, hostels, basically, like pop-up hostels over the summer. So I thought, oh, hang on, maybe I'll do that. I'll um, rent out an apartment for the summer and then I'll just find some other backpackers come and stay with me and I'll mark it up and, and try and make some money that way. Uh, and it kind of worked. Um, so, so was that, and this is interesting. Sorry, just to jump in. I'll probably be jumping in. Right. This is a lot of interesting stuff here. So I didn't realize <laughs> this existed. There was pe- There's a bunch of people at, at the time just renting out a house or an apartment and making their own kind of non-regulated hostel, just renting out rooms. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and just quietly on the non-regulated part. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, although it was 15 years ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> but sure, um, no no, <laughs> it was before the hostel world. And, you know, like, I, I, I didn't even have a Hotmail account or um, anything back in those days. Like, So people would just jump off trains and then they'd, they'd go around, walk around the old town and start buzzing on doors to look for the so I used to go down and there was a whole bunch of other old ladies uh, from lo- lo- locals that would be down at the train station and we'd go approach uh, the backpackers and say, do you need a place to stay? I, I remember those days. I mean, that's probably a similar age because I remember the days when you used to turn up to a city and there'd be people hanging around. But especially in Eastern Europe, you'd, all, you'd get the, the, the old ladies around the train station with their apartments or yeah. and stuff. You know, it was, yeah, it was interesting. You, you don't see that. I think Airbnb and everything's just, just blitzed that nowadays, but that's how it used to be. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. And I, you know, it was just me and the old ladies uh, down at the station yeah. hanging out and it was great. It was great fun. But the, I had a sort of a bit of a competitive advantage on them in that I spoke English fluently and uh, I was another backpacker myself. So, you know, they'd go off and, you know, 
um, say something in Spanish and the backpacker would look at them very blankly and yeah, yeah. then look at me and say, what she's saying? Oh, she's looking for like, do, do you need a place to stay, mate? I've got one. And they said, yeah, cool. Off we go. So um, started doing that. It worked really well. And I started like, over the summer, like I was hanging out with all these backpackers and I was going out, taking them out to to the old town and we go drinking together and these kind of things and I thought oh well why don't I start doing creating some parties back in those days pub crawls in Europe didn't really exist and so I thought oh hang on like I'd seen the concept in Australia and I thought oh I'll just do a pub crawl around this town and so that that worked really well (laughs) I guess you get money from all the bars that people go into and stuff and yeah, yeah, a little one. There was more. I uh, just was after the free drinks, to be right. honest, from the yeah. bars. But they like, sold tickets for it and, and created some really good parties and um, nights. And we started doing that and then boat parties. And we started doing surfing trips along the Spanish and French Basque, Basque coasts. And then you know, I moved across to Barcelona and started doing some Spanish cooking classes and bike tours and these kind of things. And it was, look, it was basically just doing what I wanted to do as a traveler. I think that's, you know, like one thing like that I strongly believe in, if you're going to create events, create something which you're really passionate about yourself and that you look at it and go, right, I would love to do this myself. Um, that's a great tip because then at least you know there's a market of at least you, you know, you'd be paying for this thing, you know, so there's yeah. probably other people like you. Exactly. And then, you know, like you need to know, is there enough people like you and, and, and you know, that's uh, how big is the market size. Sure. But if you really want to do it um, and then you're going to be extremely passionate about it and you're going to want to create something really awesome and it's going to really excite you, which is really important, I think, if you're creating an event. Like you need Definitely. to have this, you know, vision of something that what, how it's going to be and it's just going to be awesome you'll sort of work towards that and a lot of the time it doesn't you know turn out like the shape of it will be different to the way you envision it but you'll work towards something whereby it'll just be something which you would dream about going to definitely um, it's, it's tough to fake enthusiasm like that you know that's the thing you know if you're really genuinely enthusiastic about it then it always people can always tell when it comes to your event whatever it is even if it's a pub crawl or if it's a tour you're doing you know they can see that you're really into it Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, like that's probably the, the number one thing that I would say, like for, for, for people at an event to do something which you love. But the, I think the another thing which I've learned, um, you know, sort of uh, in, my, in my time running events is don't expect to attend your own event. <laughs> um, don't expect to or participate in your own event. And that I think is one of the drawbacks to it. So you've got this dream and vision and, you know, you've created something which you want to um, participate in yourself but then a lot of the time you don't actually get to participate and you're sort of like you don't get to enjoy you don't get to experience it from that other from the participant side no. um, which can be really disappointing or like you know it can be a bit of a shame really <laughs> yeah, yeah you're right I mean I, I spent the first two years in a state of constant stress running conferences and things and that and and now I kind of enjoy it more maybe I've got a team and and sometimes I can turn up and actually not present and just meet people and then I enjoy it but it's it's taken a long time to get to that, you know. Like the first event I ever ran was just pure, like awful, you know, just just running around like crazy. Everything's going wrong. The catering's not here. The this yeah, is wrong, you know. But but anyway, let, yeah. let, let's get on to it. So you, you you were doing these tours. How, what was the next stage? How did you? What was the next stage in your in your journey? 
then I lay, um, was doing a targeting backpackers and then as I got a little bit older and uh, bolder, um, then I started targeting other other markets and started doing some um, group tours um, for, for, you know, whether it be families or, or sort of like broader sort of like older market. Uh, so how, and are then just... how are you marketing these tours then? You were based in Spain still, were you, when you were marketing tours? Yeah. Around, yeah. Yeah, it's based in Barcelona. I mean, I would come and go. I was location independent, um, you know, and I, I, I you know, the, um, travelled around and then always went back to Barcelona through other agents, a little bit of online stuff, but it's it's never been a, um, a strong point of mine. I think we could have done that a, a whole lot better. And then, you know, we started like um, doing festivals as well. And then what I type, guess... What sort of festivals? What, like music festivals? Uh, the most successful one was um, taking people to Oktoberfest okay. um, up in Germany. And so I was sort of doing that. And then that really, you know, took off. But then, I don't know, a few years ago, I uh, wanted to, I guess, sort of like get into the like entrepreneurial sort of scene and be creating group uh, events for for entrepreneurs because that, they were the kind of people that I wanted to hang, hang out with. I guess, um, guess you read the four-hour work week. Just to step in here quickly to mention our sponsor, EventsFrame, a project I'm co-founder of, and I want to mention our integrations, which we believe are the best available. Firstly, payment integrations. You can connect any payment gateway, such as Stripe, PayPal, and Braintree, or even bank account or take cash. You can connect everything to EventsFrame. We also have the best marketing integrations out there with every email marketing system, including MailChimp, Zapier, Infusionsoft, Aweber, Drip, and we've got deep integrations with all the social media platforms like Facebook, Google, and Twitter. We've got thousands of events live on EventsFrame right now, ranging from small community meetups to huge trade shows and conferences. Check it out over at eventsframe.com. That's E-V-E-N-T-S-F-R-A-M-E.com. And now, back to the interview. By this time, like everyone else, and you started realizing about this, this whole became a thing about the whole digital nomad location um, independent thing. Funnily enough, no, I hadn't. That I, I sort of uh, maybe learned about it a bit later, and I, I guess it was a few years ago, whereby maybe five years ago, I don't know, but like, that I went into a co-working space for the first time. I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of it, like, um, and I went in there and I thought, wow, this is this is great. This is what I needed when I was in Barcelona or when I was traveling around, sort of around the world, like to be able to go in there and meet other people that are sort of working for themselves and um, other entrepreneurs and people that, that are sort of like-minded. And it's when it really sprung to my mind that it's okay, co-working spaces, I can see the benefit um, of that. But hang on, these things, like I believe like the what they what is needed for co-working spaces to effectively pop up um, in other parts of the world. And they don't, why, why have them in one place when you can um, take your laptop and work from anywhere? Why, why don't we um, do some co-working, you know, trips? Uh, and then... That's when the idea for co-workation came up. Like I basically said to myself, like the co-workation, I think, is going to become a word. Um, yeah. Or, oh, and then maybe it already exists. So I did some Google searches, and it wasn't a word. Um, so you got the co-workation.com. Yeah, exactly. And I just sat on it for a couple of years, and then, but because I, you know, was still uh, loosening ties on my other businesses. Finally got around to setting it up a couple of years ago in Bali and um, and starting working on it. And then sort of through co-location um, is when I started looking into 
Uh, basically, other related companies that potentially we could partner with, and like I'm very interested in this whole sort of like scene that was happening. And then I, I kind of um, realised that there was a lot of other companies, either similar to what I was doing with co-location, or loosely or, or, or tightly related. I thought, hang on, that um, all these all these different things that are popping up sort of around the world and events and different ways of working. It's sort of like it, it is really becoming quite a movement. Um, so, so can, we, can we just dig into co-location and what, what we haven't really explained yeah. what it is and and, and, and and how you were running it? Because because I guess it's kind of like a retreat. People stay in a house and, yeah. and for a period. I don't know how long it is. Can you just dig into what, what it is you were doing and, yeah. and how you were promoting? Because I'm, I'm really curious. I know Chris Reynolds did, did something similar with um, the Entrepreneur House, I think. Similar kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so similar kind of thing. So basically, like it's a retreat for... Um, um, it's a working retreat, work and life retreat. Yeah. And so there'll be different ones, so for, whether that be for entrepreneurs and freelancers, location independent professionals, or um, um, company teams as well. Uh-huh, but okay. the idea is for you to step out of your day-to-day working environment uh, and go into somewhere inspirational and new and in you know like a place where you sort of like can you know step off the plane or off the boat or just off the bus wherever it might be you don't have to travel far like we do some like a couple of hours out of or one hour out of Barcelona for people in Barcelona but getting the act of getting out of your normal routines and daily environment will break your patterns so that you can start to transcend boundaries and it frees you up to start thinking outside the box. And then by doing that as well, and by together with a group of other you know, like-minded people that are working on their own projects as well, whereby you can sit down and have some really interesting and inspiring conversations. You can share ex- um, experiences and knowledge. You know, you re- the combination of the, you know, the inspirational location with these really interesting people doing um, uh, different things I believe can um, have enormous effects on on your business, um, but also on your life. We integrate into everything we do, the personal development um, and the lifestyle design side of it. Um, basically, uh, because I'm, you know, like I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that it's necessary ever more than, you know, now more than ever. There is such a fusion between work and life and being location independent or having more freedom to be able to um, work from anywhere or work on your own timetable, et cetera has its advantages but it's got some real challenges and disadvantages as well definitely um, also, so sorry, to jump a bit, yeah, right. i think you're right because i think with the online world because the world is so online now that people want to meet it more than ever in person you know it's like an increasing because they spend so much of their time isolated online especially entrepreneurs yeah yeah exactly and i think sort of seen the way the interactions happen when you've got you know smallish groups of 15 to 20 people in these really incredible magical locations you know they jump off the bus they relax and they're you know they start to connect and they start to you know feel or really lay inspired by the time they leave they're you know they're they're really ready to make some changes in their business and in, in their lifestyle so how long how long do these events last and how many you run? I guess you go to them all yourself. Like do you how many of you kind of run and, and is it like a week, two weeks? Um, What's the format? And, yeah, I need to get back onto them. <laughs> Look, the format like is um, anything from a weekend. We've done like so like you know getting out of Barcelona for a weekend and going to this beautiful 13th century monastery for a few days. Uh, anything uh, through to one week. Toying around with the idea of doing some longer one month ones, 
Uh, and then we sort of done like we did Tuscany and quite a few sort of but I was based in Barcelona so a number three Barcelona um, and then I've moved to Australia I've got to be setting up some things here to do um, around in Australia and then also uh, in Bali next year going to be doing some in a private island right. um, which well, is a, where's that located uh, near Bali near Bali okay great Yes, so we'll have the island exclusive for the retreat. It's a beautiful lake, tropical island. takes about 20 minutes to walk around. Um, so that's a really excited uh, about um, ha- uh, having that one set up. I was just curious, so, so just talking logistics here, cause that's really interesting. Mm. Um, so you, you book out this house or whatever for the, for the week. Then how, how are you mm. promoting it? How are you getting people to come? Like how are, you getting a, are you building an email list? Are you promoting in forums and things? What, what's your sort of marketing marketing channel to, to get people to come to your events i mean still working on that yeah, <laughs> i well, guess you always like, and, I guess no one's ever um, got everything figured out but obviously you've got people yeah. to come yeah um so through newsletters um social media um facebook is uh, is the the main one um for for co-location so you, have, um, you have a facebook group for co-location do you um facebook page facebook page okay i'll, I'll join that yeah. right now so yeah and, and, and how are you getting people like how are you getting people to join the page and join the newsletter are you doing content or what's 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 your way to, to get you know people in the first place interested in hearing about it yeah I, um, it's through content a lot of it is through content and um look i mean we're, we're dealing with interesting stuff like yeah. so that it's it's i think a lot easier for us to create a following because you know we're going to beautiful locations some of the social media like well like the, the photography and the videography that we've got um magical yeah, uh, so you got some cool youtube videos uh, on co-location channel yeah, got some um, uh, interesting ones there. And look, I mean, what we're doing really lends itself to be able to um, do that. But then also the, you know, like the broader movement, sort of like things that related to the this new way of working and living, people are genuinely interested in it. So like, and, and I talk a lot about, co-location talks a lot about, uh, I guess this, um, I, I believe it's a movement like, uh, the, or the, the evolving way in we're um, working and living. Um, people are really interested because they're living it. Um, we're all in this uh, at the moment. Yep. Some people more so than others, but things are changing and they're changing rapidly. Um, it's no longer just for freelancers. Companies are, um, are starting to look at workplace flexibility and and, and how they integrate it in uh, there. People are genuinely interested in, in this um, evolution of how we work and live. You know, I'm very passionate about it and that's why I created the festivals um, side of it to yeah. be able to unite this location independent movement. So I just want to yeah talk, finally move on to that. So we've talked about your co-location retreats. You've, you've obviously run quite a big conference i'm not sure how many times you've run it i think a couple of times freedom x fest so could we talk a bit about your conference what that is and how you and you know how you run that basically because i know you run it kind of in in a remote place the first festival was this year in august so we had 2018 uh, yeah yeah exactly so we had 427 people in the middle of the pyrenees 427 people for you so you must have done something impressive on the promotion to get that many people that's pretty cool um yeah, I think we did uh, did well. It just goes back to what I'm saying in that people are really interested in this and no one is doing, there is no event like what we're, we're doing. Basically, the way it came about was because I wanted to unite the companies within this location independent movement. There's no sort of like central point uh, to sort of say, hey, uh, this is a movement. Look at all these different companies. It's not about co-location. What do, it's you, mean, about... do you mean companies? Do you mean that the companies that the people run who attend or companies that are sponsoring? Like, what, what do you mean sorry, by the companies here? 
Okay, so like if you're looking at like, um, you know, like there's a lot of different workation, co-workation kind of companies running retreats, but right. there's also um, companies, podcasters, there's a lot of journalists writing about it. Yeah. Um, there's, I was just having a chat with um, or one of our sponsors, Safety Wing. They do insurance for digital nomads and remote workers. There's a lot of companies that now have remote work or like distributed teams and, and workforces. And so um, there's also a whole lot of like, I guess companies um, that are and startups that are that are sprouting, um, targeting all these remote workers, location independent professionals, digital nomads, etc. Um, a good example of that is what's called co-living, which is basically a new um, style of accommodation, specifically catering boards uh, to, for independent professionals, remote workers, and digital nomads. So these people, you've got, a sponsor, you've got these companies as sponsors of the event, basically. Well, um, some, uh, some are sponsors, others are just partnering, others got are it. just attending. But it's it's like any conference like there that you've got. Like, the idea is to, it is to bring us all together I, you know, like I've got a, um, a database of probably 350 odd um, companies that are sort of all related to this, what I call the location independent movement there. Yeah. And so uh, invited some along and like um, asked for sponsorship from others. And then we sort of like come there. And so it was a really like great way to connect with other business owners or people working within this ecosystem. But then also for people that are interested in um, this new way of working and living uh, that would wanted to come along and live listen to the talks and the workshops and connect with other like-minded people, there was also a lot of that. So a lot of our target market for the individual companies were, were at the festival as well. So, so what was, um, because that's a really impressive number for the for a first event, over 400 people. Like, What was your main uh, way of, of getting people? Was it through these partner companies or was it just uh, putting stuff on YouTube and Instagram and stuff or forum? What, what, I'm just curious, yeah. like, what was your kind of your big thing that you've connected with that many people? Because it's pretty impressive. Yeah, look, a, a real mix, um, I think, through, through the partners um, brought some. We, we brought others through newsletter mail outs, through um, social media campaigns, and, and I think through word of mouth as well, like a lot of it, because uh, I think, because this is quite unique, um, what we did and yeah, what we're can, doing. Can you explain about the location and where it was and, 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 how, mm. and how you structured the whole thing? Yeah, so I stumbled across this village two hours from Barcelona, which is kind of a village, but not really a village. So it used to be a village, and then it was abandoned, and then a family took over it uh, and renovated it, uh, and basically, like, they do a lot of weddings there and these kind of things. And there's, like, sure. geez, I, can't remember, I think there's, like, 13 or 15 cottages, and then also through what my first company that uh, I set up in Spain, uh, we have a lot of tents and um, sleeping bags and the things that we use for, fe for festivals. Sure. So we had a lot of people camping there as well. And then other people would find their own accommodation. And it's like in this incredibly unique location two hours from Barcelona with Pyrenees Mountains so halfway up with them. Um, and so you've got the Rocky Mountains behind and then you look down below the valley and it's got a, a lovely swimming pool. There's hiking trails, there's rock climbing, there's football fields, there's volleyball there's this that I mean we just set up stages I think there was there's two sort of like large stage areas and then the third workshop area so it was an extremely unique location for um, um, uh, for a very unique event and that's you know what I'm all, all about is making sure that the location is unique and inspirational to be able to create something awesome and what was the format and I'm curious did you have how many assists did you have volunteers helping did you pay people it was um, what's your team is it just you do you have VAs or, or like uh, how how were you? No. Because that's quite a lot of people to coordinate. Did you get volunteers? 
team of around about 20 people um, working on different levels um, there. Were uh, these people then, from the venue or people you were employing to run the event? No, no, they, they, they came to you. They're all sort of like within the location independent sort of network, I guess. Yes. There was also volunteers that once again, like we put, you know, newsletters out and say, do you want to come and volunteer? And we had other volunteers that came along. Yeah, so uh, I don't know, it was, it, was, it was a fantastic event. And so now um, the focus is on um, on setting it up for 2019. Yeah, well, um, where, where, where are you planning on running it in 2019? Well, uh, there is going to be two locations. In June, we have a, um, a, a private island. <laughs> We've got rented out the whole island. We'll be exclusive for the festival um, near Bali. On there, there's like, I mean, it's... I don't know how many hectares, but like it takes 20 minutes to walk around the island. There's That's 17 villas on the island. Um, plus we've got, we'll be doing some camping and marquees and glamping and this kind of thing, but then also uh, having accommodation on the surrounding islands. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be very exciting. Like the potential for us to, be, you know, like that it gives us by the fact that we've got an island exclusive for the event. So and how many days you know, are you planning on running the event? What's the one week. One week. Wow, so it's a long event. A lot of lot of workshops, a lot of breakout sessions and stuff. Absolutely. We'll be setting up zones underneath palm trees, and um, nice. uh, we've got a pirate ship that we'll be doing workshops on um, as we're sailing around. Uh, and then it's one of those things like in that like it's not only work; it's also enjoyment. So there'll be you know diving, snorkeling, surfing trips. Um, there'll be live music. There'll be you know Indonesian cooking classes and um, these kind of things as well. Because really, like firstly, it's spread out over seven days, and like the idea, uh, but it's really to try and um, create a, a microcosm for what this whole movement is all about and, and it's about the the intersection between work and life fantastic now, um, where, where's the second event you're planning you said you were planning that's two, in, two yeah in spain in october one hour from barcelona in a 13th century monastery um, where i've done a few retreats it's an incredible um, place it's absolutely like, magical like, it's got a beautiful infinity swimming pool that overlooks a national park um, it's it's luxurious in the accommodations and the and the setup it's got a beautiful like but it maintains its heritage you know you still walk in and feel as though you're in a 13th century monastery until you look at like you know like the 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 bathrooms and the beds and the you know the furnitures around and these kind of things so it's huge um old um church uh, uh, or chapel was part of it like where you know we'll be doing the there'll be the main stage in this thing um and so you've got the pulpits uh, in there and um these beautiful like uh, archways uh, it's going to be pretty incredible sounds good look it'd be great to talk longer Stuart. unfortunately we have we have to cut it short today but that, that's a really good overview of what you're doing I th really interesting stuff and i think this trend of of the co you know the co-location type event where it's it's a focus on on building your business but also you know having having a holiday at the same time is, is yeah. one that's just getting bigger and, and it, it's really cool cool what you're doing here so so best of luck with everything and it, it's been great to talk thank you so much dan appreciate it all the best all right cheers mate do you want to sell more tickets to your amazing events events frame event ticketing has been built to minimize the amount of time it takes to buy a ticket result you sell more tickets check out eventsframe.com 